This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening in. By now, you've probably heard about the attacks in Germany on New Year's Eve. Large groups of men surrounding and attacking women in the heart of major German cities. In Cologne, there have been over 500 police reports filed. Another 133 were filed in Hamburg. There have been about... Eh, a handful of arrests, maybe 30, uh, l- less than 50 for sure. About half of the people who have been arrested were recent asylum seekers, refugees, welcomed with open arms into Germany and much of Europe. And, and these same men then were committing mob violence on New Year's Eve against women. The reports are that these gangs of men, hundreds of them, would surround women, swarm them, grope them, rob them, and even in some cases, rape them in public. There were reports of other women running from these mobs, seeking shelter at nearby hotels or restaurants. And the response from elected officials in Germany, and especially in Cologne, well, the response has been insane. The mayor of Cologne, a woman, said that women needed to do a better job of protecting themselves by staying at least in arm's distance from men they don't know. Are you kidding me? What if Donald Trump had said something like that? What if a member of the far-right group, the AFD party, had said something like that? How in the world... Are you supposed to stay in arm's length away from strangers in a busy train station? How are you supposed to stay in arm's length away from strangers when you're surrounded by dozens of men who are closing in on you, intending to grab you and rape you? Why is the mayor of Cologne still in office today? This is not the first time European cities have had to deal with large groups of Muslim immigrants surrounding, molesting, and raping European women. It's not. About the first time we've heard about it, but it's not the first time it's happened even, even recently. It happened this summer at a rock concert in Sweden. We didn't hear about it because it wasn't reported in the press. It wasn't reported in the press because the police report failed to mention that the gangs of attackers were Muslim men who were recent immigrants. That wasn't even on the police report. Turns out that's what happened, but they didn't put it on the police report. They didn't release that information to the media because they didn't want to seem like they were anti-immigrant or xenophobes or Islamophobic. They didn't want to report the truth because the truth would have made them seem bigoted. All right, so the question is, is this a European problem? Or is this a problem with Muslim immigrants from North Africa and the Middle East? Europe has allowed millions of these refugees to enter in recent months. Germany's Angela Merkel says she wants to allow another million into Germany this year. Most of these immigrants are young men, 18 to 40, unemployed, 
perhaps unemployable since most don't speak German. So you bring in all these men, not families, men, and they don't have anything productive to do. What do you expect will happen? On the other hand, you are a refugee, let's say, and you're fleeing violence in your homeland. Another country has decided to give you shelter and food. How do you repay their generosity and their kindness? You rape one of their daughters. Who does that? Now, obviously, there was a mob mentality that affected this event and the one in Sweden earlier this summer. And studies have shown time and time again that people will behave differently in a mob than they ever would have thought to behave outside of the mob. But that also doesn't absolve one of his criminal and despicable behavior. But see, there's a, there's a bigger problem here than even the mob violence on New Year's Eve or the, the summer's attacks in Sweden. The problem is these mass attacks on women by Muslim men are a cultural habit. And I know that's going to say me, make me sound like I'm Islamophobic or, or xenophobic. And I'm not an expert on the Middle East or, or Islam or Middle Eastern cultures, but I can spot a trend. Let's go back to February 11th, 2011. Hosni Mubarak was forced to step down after mass protests in Tahrir Square. It was the beginning of the Arab Spring, and mass celebrations erupted across the country. CBS had sent their reporter, Lara Logan, to Cairo to cover the ongoing revolution. Logan is a smart, attractive, courageous, effective reporter. She's been in dangerous areas before, covering both the wars in Afghanistan and in Iraq. But on that night, she ended up being in more danger than ever before. Not by bombs, not by armies, but by Muslim men in the most public place in all of Egypt. Listen to Lara Logan talk about her ordeal. This is from 60 Minutes on May 11th, 2011. She was surrounded by men. They dragged her away from her camera crew. And she realized she was about to have to fight for her life. Before I even know what's happening, I feel hands grabbing my breasts, grabbing my crutch, grabbing me from behind. I mean, it, and it, it's, it's not, you know, one person and then it stops. It's like one person and another person and another person. And I know Ray is right there and he's grabbing at me and screaming, Lara, hold on to me, hold on to me. As she was pulled into the frenzy, the camera recorded her shout. And I'm screaming, thinking, if I scream, if they know they're going to stop, you know, someone's going to stop them or they're going to stop themselves because this is wrong. And it was the opposite. As the more I screamed, it turned them into it, it turned them into a frenzy. The entire interview Scott Pelley did with Logan is available on CBS uh, on YouTube, so you can go check that out. It, it, it is a horrifying description of what happened to her that night and, and the struggles she's faced. I'm gonna play an, another clip from that interview. Uh, you, you need to listen to what happened 
to this woman who is trying to do her job on, on a night that should have been a night of celebration in a very public area. Listen up. I didn't even know that they were beating me with um, flagpoles and sticks and things because I couldn't even feel that because I think of the, of the sexual assault was all I could feel, was their hands raping me over and over and over again. Raping you with their hands? Yeah. Nonstop? No, from the front, from the back. The attack lasted about 25 minutes. The mob of men, they were pulling on her, her arms and her legs. They were literally trying to rip her apart, like the medieval torture of drawing and quartering. That's what this mob was doing while men were actually raping her too. They're trying to pull off her scalp by grabbing chunks of her hair. Men were taking cell phone pictures of her naked body as the raping and the torture continued. All this is going on in public, in the most jubilant crowd in the nation's capital. Eventually, the mob crashed into a fence along one side of Tahrir Square. And a group of women were camped out there. And one of the women, dressed head to toe in a black burqa, wrapped her arms around Lara. The mob continued to attack, even after they've already run into this group of women. They're continuing their assault until some soldiers finally showed up. The soldiers had to fight off the mob with batons to get her limp body back to one of their tanks. The next day, Logan and her CBS News crew flew back to the United States. Logan spent four days in the hospital recovering from her attack. All of her joints and muscles had been pulled apart, separated. Was this just a one-time thing? Apparently not. Again, Logan talks about what she's learned by surviving that attack. I had no idea how endemic that it is so rife, so widespread, that so many Egyptian men um, admit to sexually harassing women and think it's completely acceptable, in fact, blame the women for it. Remember when Rolling Stone did an article on rape culture on college campuses? It was entirely false. The supposed victim they featured hadn't actually been raped. The fraternity they accused hadn't done anything wrong. The story is flat made up. What's worse is there really is a rape culture. It's just not in America. It's in the Middle East. It's in North Africa. Rape is common and accepted in those places. And the victims are blamed. As the West lets in more and more people from that part of the world, what are we doing to ensure that the rape culture of their homelands doesn't follow them into our homes. Are we insisting that migrants adopt our culture and our value systems? And if not, why not? Just do the math. Every person who enters the West who thinks it's okay to commit gang rape and mob molestations will change the value system of our nation as a whole. See, that's how democracy works. Each person gets a voice, even if you disagree with what that voice says. Are we saying to this men, the rape culture of your homeland is not welcomed here and is indeed part of the reason why you had to flee there in the first place. Make sure you keep your hands and your other body parts to yourself. Or are we saying to women 
Make sure you stay an arm's length away from men at all times. Don't wear anything provocative. Might as well cover up from head to toe just to be on the safe side. If we don't change the values of the people we let immigrate into our nation, then they will change ours. Thank you for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so at my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning.